Hello, mighty warriors of God, and welcome to MI15. Today is Monday, November 15th, 2021, and this is day 1346 of our journey together. My name is Jackie, and welcome, welcome, welcome to you. So let's go ahead and get started. Father, we honor you and praise you and glorify you above all others, above every single thing, because you are the creator of all things and all people and you created us in your image and I thank you so much for giving us your breath of life. I ask Father that you will come for the brokenhearted and heal the sick and bless those who may be in financial need. I ask Father that you will speak today that it be all about you and not about me. In Jesus name, amen. Glory to God everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today's message is we cannot reason together. No, no, no. There are going to be some people in some situations where you will not be able to reason together, and it's not meant to be. We're going to be coming out of John chapter 7, verses 1 through 9. Um, It's kind of like mixing oil and water. It's just not happening, and so we have to have discernment uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit to know when we should reason with others and when we should not. Um, Jesus gives a great example here of something he encountered uh, in John 7, starting at verse 1. So let's dive in. He says, it says, after this, Jesus went around in Galilee. So prior to this, in chapter 6, he had just kind of got, let his disciples know. Let me just read it in John chapter 6, verse 7. He says, then Jesus replied, have I not chosen you, the twelve? Yet one of you is a devil. He meant Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, who, though one of the twelve, was later to betray him. He said, you're a devil. All right, so now, because <laughs> we need to know what's happened beforehand. He was kind of getting, letting his disciples know, uh, you know, many of them would desert him and leave him. And uh, I think I mentioned this yesterday, how... Uh, They all did when he went to the cross, except for John. And um, they were in hiding. And and there were some things that Jesus would do that that was just different to them. You know, they had not ever encountered anybody like this before. And it was just some things were kind of odd to them. So it says, after this, Jesus went around in Galilee. He did not want to go about in Judea because the Jewish leaders there were looking for a way to kill him. But when the Jewish festival of tabernacles was near, Jesus's brothers said to him, and they're talking about um, the disciples, leave Galilee and go to Judea so that your disciples there may see the works you do. Now, this festival of tabernacles, um, you know, in my commentary, it says, uh, is described in Leviticus uh, uh, chapter 23, verse 33 that this event occurred in October, about six months after the Passover celebration mentioned in John chapter 6, verse 2 through 5. The festival commemorated the days when the Israelites wandered in the desert and lived in booths. Leviticus chapter 23, verse 43. 
So that's what that represents, the Festival of Tabernacles. So they had many festivals, and, and uh, most of them Jesus would attend. But in this case, he did not. And they said, leave Galilee and go to Judea so that your disciples there may see the works you do. No one who wants to become a public figure acts in secret. Since you are doing these things, show yourself to the world. For even his own brothers did not believe in him. So he's telling they're telling them, hey, it's time to just come on out and let everybody see what you're doing. <laughs> you're a public figure. Verse 6, therefore Jesus told them, my time is not yet here, for any time will do. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me. Uh, it hates me because I testify that its works are evil. You go to the festival. I am not going up to this festival because my time has not yet fully come. After he had said this, he stayed in Galilee. He knew his purpose. He knew his timing. He trusted God and he called it out just like it was. <laughs> I love that about Jesus. He did not pull any punches. He would let you know and he let them know my time has not yet fully come. And we have to know when it's our time, when God is saying, it's not time for you to move from this spot to the next, or it's not time uh, for you to quit this job, or it is time to leave this job and move on to something else that I have for you. I remember reading about a lady that had a really highfalutin position, uh, like maybe as a director, making big money, I mean, high dollar six figures way you know maybe half a million a year something like that and uh the lord led her to do something totally different uh outside of that realm it wasn't about money and she left it all she she packed up her house uh and moved away to go where god would have her and i can't remember exactly what it was but you know it could have been on the mission field i i had the opportunity of meeting people yesterday that um I went to a, a small but powerful uh, gathering, uh, a group of, the, of people in ministry that, that do so much phenomenal work, and they've been doing it for years. And uh, one of the gentlemen uh, is the uh, chaplain uh, at the Goodwill, uh, Brother John. And uh, he was sharing his story about how it's not about money. And he said how he, God sends him on missionary trips to Africa and all over different countries. And how when he gets there, it's like God gives him what to do. He leaves everything. And, and his wife is in ministry here. And they just, Dr. Wallace, Dr. Joyce Wallace, they, they do such a dynamic work uh, together. And he said, you know what? He said, I don't beg for money, for us to do the things that we do. He said, I'm not going to belittle God and, and resort to begging. We don't have to ever worry about the money, how we're going to do it. God will provide. We just must trust him. But the world would say, you need to get your ducks in order, your ducks in a row before you plan for that trip, you know, to go where God is sending you. 
you know, of course, we need to be wise and we need to do things decent and in order. Uh, but when we do it God's way, that's decent and in order based upon his way of doing it. OK, so there may be times when God will say, leave this and and uh, you'll wonder, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? God will provide. All right. He will definitely do that. Point number one, what is the Lord giving you to do? Many times others who have good intentions, most times, will come to you with advice against what the Lord has given you to do. I think about um, this young black gentleman uh, when I was uh, doing trainings with teachers with the Center for Conflict Resolution and teaching them uh, conflict resolution skills, restorative practices, um, uh, unconscious bias. Uh, We have it. All of us do or implicit bias. And so anyway, he, um, black young man, uh, went to his counselor who happened to be white. He he always got in trouble, let me say this, while he was in school and high school and just a troublemaker. He was labeled as a troublemaker. And so he went to his counselor and said, I want to go to school to be an educator. And that particular counselor told him, no, you shouldn't apply for that. Uh, that would That's not, you're not basically good enough to do that. And many, many of the teachers shared stories like that. Um, and, and he said he knew uh, God had a plan for his life. And he persevered and he went anyway. And he said, I'm going to prove them all wrong. He went to school and not only did he go to become an educator, he went even longer, got his um, doctorate degree. And in his early 20s now, uh, he I don't even think he's 30 years old yet, or mid-20s, he is now the principal uh, of one of our grade schools that he has flipped the whole script, turned it all around. He's been using restorative practices for years. He is doing things differently. The teachers love him. Uh, every teacher that, you know, said anything to say about him, even when he wasn't there in the, in the training, said they, the reason that they're there is because of him and they like what he is doing. And you know what he's doing? He's sharing the love of God with these students. He knows when they get in trouble. He remembered times when he would get in trouble. And I am so sorry. I forgot his name. I would say it if I knew it. But anyway, he would get in trouble. And those kids that would get in trouble now in his school, he understands that it's an unmet need, that there's something else going on under the surface. So he doesn't kick them out of school like they used to do him so that he could get into more trouble. He doesn't believe in doing that. He believes in giving them a chance and walking them through and and, uh, talking things out and figuring out what is happening and then having a good relationship with the parents. That's unheard of. Uh, the way they used to do school. They would just kick you out, you know, two weeks, three weeks. Uh, You do something that's, you know, totally out of line compared to, uh, based upon their perspective, you're out of school for the whole year, which doesn't help you, which is that uh, school-to-prison pipeline, which will ultimately land these uh, students in prison. And the majority of these students are Black. And so that's one of the things that's shifting and changing because of people like this principal, people like you. Many of the teachers embraced it and have, you know, understanding of how to approach this differently. Totally against the world's, most people in the world standard. People try to to discourage you from doing certain things because they only see it from the flesh. 
uh, you're seeing it from the spiritual realm where God operates, okay? They're not being led by the Holy Spirit like you are. You can be kind and listen, but be very careful to do what the Lord has given you to do, uh, even if it doesn't make sense to others. Uh, the key is, it is God sense. <laughs> That's the key. You can't go around telling everybody what God has given you to do. They're not, they're not able to receive it. Just like Judas Iscariot, he was functioning in the flesh. That's why Jesus called him a devil because he sold him out. But it was all part of what had to take place. You know, things are not going to always go hunky-dory for you as you're serving Christ. You're going to go through trials. We're going to go through trials and tribulations. We're going to go through things where people will hate us, where they will put us down. But we should still love them. See, here, <laughs> here's the thing that we just don't always get. We must not be vindictive or put them down, but we must tell the truth. All right? Doesn't mean, and, and see, when we love them, we're going to tell the truth. All right? We do it in love. Point number two, it's also important that you get godly counseling when in need or of advice or help, uh, possibly in your marriage or with raising your children. I get lots of people that will call me for things like that. And if it's something that's outside of my realm of, of, of expertise or what God has called me to do, I pass it on to others that I know that's their calling. I uh, had a couple that needed some counseling, and since my husband wasn't available to do it with me at that time, I passed them on to another couple who are magnificent and uh, on top of it and, and, and working with them. Uh, even doing things right now and working with families and doing it via Zoom, you know, and helping them to work things out uh, among themselves, but using godly principles. When the Lord... Um, um, let me back up. So with, you know, when you, sometimes we need counseling with marriage or with raising our children. Otherwise, you're speaking two different languages. If you go to someone that is not a believer, if you go, you know, they don't they don't base things upon uh, biblical principles. OK, so it takes some work uh, to find them. But they're there. So when the Lord gives you an assignment, stick to his instructions and direction not to man's and his timing. See, sometimes we not, might think, well, I guess I could do this now. Jesus knew his timing, and that is a critical piece. Sometimes we'll have to go through something for a while until the time is right based upon God's timeline, all right? Um, so there was a time uh, when, before I got saved and, and was, you know, living the worldly life and Hey, I thought I was doing it up. <laughs> and I remember my husband and I, we, every weekend, just about, we, you know, go have a drink or get, you know, drink. And, and I didn't drink just to drink and it didn't take much. I wasn't a good drinker, but I drink one and I'm like tipsy, you know? So that's what I was looking for. I wanted to get that buzz that high. So that's why I don't drink at all now. Period. Uh, because it didn't take much. And it's like, why do it if you're not, for me, if I'm not doing it to get higher buzz, you know? So anywho, uh, <laughs> back then we, we would smoke a joint and, and that would just make me even more paranoid. It was horrible. But, you know, I would still do it. And, 
anyway, sitting around and, and um, you know, at our at a family member's house and everybody's just laughing, having a good time, playing cards and dominoes and, you know, doing our thing and having conversation that seemed like it made sense, you know. And I remember once I got saved uh, and all those things just kind of fell away. I, it's not like you got to change yourself. God will move those things out of your way. You won't even have the desire to do them anymore. And I didn't. Uh, I remember, though, when I first got saved, it was like, oh, I got a party to still go to, you know. And so I went and it felt so awkward. I, you know, and I was I loved to dance. That was my main reason for going out to clubs to dance. And um, it just felt awkward. And, and from that point on, I didn't go back. I did not look back. But I remember going back to, uh, you know, hanging out with relatives and playing cards and all that. And, and I was no longer drinking or getting high anymore. And uh, everybody else was high, though. And so I'm listening, <laughs> trying to, we're having conversation. I'm thinking, this makes no sense. What they're saying makes no sense. And the Lord said, that was you. <laughs> you were the same way, but we don't even realize it or know it because we're in that realm. We don't. And so the Lord showed me and did not judge them or put them down, but know that that's not where I need to be. And so from that point on, and even though my husband wasn't quite ready to leave that scene, it was time for me to. And in his time, he, he grew in Christ and left, but it took years. Uh, and so it was fine. We all we all um, come to know the Lord at different times or we grow in him at different times. So another incident, my husband and I were doing um, some counseling uh, or getting ready to do counseling with a couple, a married couple that would come to the church. <clears throat> and this couple had some pretty heavy drug addictions and uh, had been on drugs for many years together. And they would get into horrible fights one day during Bible study uh, the wife tased the husband. She took out a taser and tased him and he had heart issues and, and she just thought it was really funny. And uh, we had to kind of split them up and, and it was just really weird. But it, but it, but that's what the enemy will do. He's trying to destroy, have you destroy one another. And, it, and we talked to them and they wanted counseling. <clears throat> and so when they came in for counseling, we noticed that they were still high and we said, you know what? We can't talk to you because this isn't you that we're talking to. This would not be a time for us to reason together or have a conversation. What we would recommend is you get some help first on, on the drug situation. And they were willing. So we gave them a couple of places to go to, even made phone calls, but they did not go. And in time, <clears throat> when they were ready, they said they would reach back out. Uh, they did know Jesus as their Savior. Unfortunately, they never came back, and the, the husband ended up passing away uh, from drugs, and, and the wife uh, was still out there on, and we, we still keep them in our prayers. Uh, people that we encounter like that, we can't force people to change. They have to do it when they're ready. And uh, the same with all of, all of you. Uh, if you don't know Jesus, that is the key. And, and that couple knew the Lord as their Savior. I'm grateful for that. Um, but what about you? Where are you at? What has God called you to do? Stand firm on doing what God has called you to do. No matter what anyone says, don't try to reason yourself out of it. Now, if you don't know Jesus, this is your day. And of course, it's your choice. Romans 10 and 9 says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you 
will be saved. And the angels are rejoicing now all because of you. I love you all so, so much. May the Lord bless and protect you. May his face radiate with joy because of you. May he be gracious unto you, show you his favor, and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen. And remember, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And please don't forget to check us out on our website, JackieBikesMinistries.org, J-A-C-K-I-E, Be Like Boy, U-Y, cksministries.org. Check out the messages and please share them with others. Also, please subscribe to our website by entering your first and last name and your email address. All right, mighty warriors, go forth and make it an awesome day, fulfilling the purpose that God has given you. And I will talk to you later. Bye-bye.